Don't mind me. I'm just watching the Rasputin song by Boney M on YouTube. Doing a little studying up for the King's Man. This is just bonkers. There is a man with a afro wearing some sort of very long fake beard and or is it a real beard? You know, I don't know, but I'm going to stop playing it. Anyways, um, Tanner, do you have your drink in hand? That is not an alcoholic beverage. You're no. a big guy. For you. Why is, why is, why do you have a virtual background? of appears to be Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, and then two, four pictures of the uh, you're a big guy guy from the Dark Knight Rises. Um, I'll tell you. Can you hear me okay? I can. It doesn't feel like your sound is coming from your mic. I'm going to be honest. Mm. Are you? So go to your let, – let's do a little Zoom technical support here. Go to your up arrow next to your microphone icon there. Yeah. Click it. It should say external microphone. Is a select a microphone. What about now? Oh, that's 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 clear as a that's, that that's clear as the crystal blue tides of South. Anyways, go ahead. What were so, you saying? What's I'll your virtual you background for? This. this was, uh, I think, it was one of my uh, birthday parties I threw for myself, mm -hmm. and on uh, Facebook, I believe I called it the Big Guy Appreciation Club for that particular instance. So this was a little uh, picture I mocked up for it. The Big Guy Appreciation Club. Well, I can appreciate yeah. that. Um, um, yeah, you know, I have work off tomorrow, so. Is that Shia LaBeouf behind you? Oh, you mean this guy here? Yeah, okay, that is. That freaks that is me out for a second. I was like, who's oh. hanging out back there? You know, it's really funny. Uh, I often forget that I don't have my virtual background turned on to this one, and I think it's literally just the background of my room. Mm -hmm. And I'll be literally in a video meeting, and Shia LaBeouf sneaks up behind me, and it scares the ever-living shit out of me. For those who don't know, by the way, who have never used Zoom before, there is such thing as a video virtual background where you can set a background as a video and you can play around with that. It's a lot of fun. But I have one where it looks like my normal room behind me. However, Shia LaBeouf giving his uh, you can do it speech that was in front of the green, green screen is pasted over the top of a picture of, the, of my room. So I frequently forget that I'm not just actually in front of my room. There's, there, this is a virtual background, and uh, it's, you know, bad. It scares the hell out of me quite, quite often. Um, Tanner, let me ask you this. By the way, whoever my, my buddy Zach at work could do this. Phenomenal job. I mean, this is all to scale. I mean, it's yeah, that's great. If it wasn't for how awful the video quality is on this uh, – on this uh, uh, MacBook, um, camera. Yeah, there you go. That's the word. <laughs> it would be uh, 
it would be bad. Tanner, you ever find out who uh, sent you that camera? Yeah, I think uh, I think Tim did it. It may, it must have been. It must have been Tim. Did it. He was trying to get me to uh, start an OnlyFans page. <laughs> Wait, you don't uh, already have one of those? I might. Depends oh, man, on... who have I been subscribing to? Maybe it was Jordan's. Oh, maybe. Shout out to Jordan. Uh, hasn't hasn't been able to. There was a period of time there where Jordan didn't reply to a single message I sent him for a solid two or three weeks, and I was genuinely concerned. I was like, "Has anyone heard from Jordan? Did he drown in the lake?" Um, but luckily, he appeared and is back to editing our videos. He's a great, great. Oh, he's a uh, he's a uh, the international man of mystery. Like you never know when he's gonna disappear and show up again. Yep. And, uh, you know, speaking of J-Cats, yeah, I don't know what I was going to say there. Actually, I don't know why I said speaking of J-Cats. Whatever I'm going to say next has nothing to do with this. Uh, Tim will not be joining us tonight because it is Tim's father's birthday. And he has decided that his father's birthday is more important than this podcast. And Last weekend was Father's Day. Like, how, many, how, much, how much fucking time do you need? Yeah. Come you? on. Roll it into one. Dad? Roll it into one. Get over yourself. You know what? Exactly right. I don't I don't see any parents with kids who are born on Christmas giving them a Christmas and a birthday. Nope, they roll that shit into one. So dads, let's let's understand why why is this why do you get the special treatment, you know? Yeah. But um tell you what. Hey Tanner, it's good to have you back on this podcast. Hey, I'm back. back. You are uh first time back in Damn near a month, if not longer, I would say. Yeah, there's been uh, a lot going on. Um, hopefully. Has there? Been... Has there been? I, oh, honestly, yeah. I haven't been able to keep track. A lot fewer people out and about recently, which is strange. No, it's, it, everyone is wearing like, face coverings, and I don't, I don't get it. Why? What is going I, I have no idea. Everyone's just... acting like uh, the pandemic is over, but it sure, sure isn't. Dude, I've been going into my office and no one's there. Just everyone's working from home. It's very strange. I have no idea what could no, possibly be going on. Can I on. tell you something? Yes. Uh, Hannah and I might actually <laughs> be down with the sickness right now. Oh, for for real? Yeah. She, uh, over the weekend, you know, had not like the telltale symptoms. They say like the fever, cough, shortness of breath, all that stuff, but like full body aches uh she lost her sense of taste and smell oh no and uh then a day later i got the body aches i haven't lost smell or taste or anything uh feel fine today so she got tested but we still haven't got the results so we've been kind of holed up during the week well, kind of keep us keep us posted uh, uh, keep us Keep us posted. Uh, good thing there's more than six feet of distance between us on this podcast format. Um, if we were back at the uh, apartment across from that old card table, we'd be all looking the Rona dead in the eyes. Yeah, guys, the pandemic's still going. So, you know, stay the fuck away from people. Wear your mask. Yeah. And, you know, also something I should probably lead off with. Don't travel right now. No need to. Well, let me let me follow up with that. Let me follow up with that. Uh, something I just want to get out of the way, just because I realized we didn't address this on last week's episode. Um, 
And, you know, we're so small that who I, I don't think anyone is waiting on bated breath for what the fuck we have to say. Oh, I think don't, don't be modest. I don't yeah, I think I think anything we've had to say we've just said on our own personal accounts. But just to say it, the Cinemaxic Podcast Network stands against police brutality, stands against racism, and stands with um our black brother and sisters of America who are currently going through a really tough time. Uh again for some shit that should not have happened. Um, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on any of these issues. I'm not going to pretend to have a very informed knowledge base of of really what is going on. And not to say I've been purposely ignorant to it. I just certainly don't want to put my, I certainly don't want to comment on anything with without any knowledge but i'll just say this that of course i would i stand with like i said our black brothers sisters of america and what they're going through right now um and they're 100 percent in the right and everything they're doing right now is very courageous and uh and what they're going through is extremely difficult and um um again tanner i i i don't know enough about police funding and, and stuff like that but it seems like far too often we get stories like this in the news uh about innocent black people being killed um, mostly for just the color of their skin and uh, definitely change needs to come. So I'll just, I'll just kind of leave it at that Tanner. I don't know if you have anything you want to say, but um, just wanted to address that. If there is any of our, you know, listeners who are wondering, uh, you know, again, I I don't want to come off like we have any sort of importance in this. This is not about anything about us. It's not anything like that. Uh, It's not like anyone was really waiting for us to say anything, but, just in case if you're wondering, we certainly uh, stand with all of those protesting um, and uh, calling for change. So, Yeah, 100%. Um, I just hope that we have you know, created with this podcast something of a safe space for people of all shapes, sizes, colors, and creeds. And, yep. Yeah. Um, we will continue. Absolutely. I don't run the show, but we will continue to strive hey, to make it you might as that well. kind of environment. At this point, with how many Cinemaxlesses there have been, you've probably hosted <laughs> just as many shows as I have. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, of course, guys, what we want to do with this podcast is provide just a place you can come get your movie news, get movie discussion, movie topics, all sorts of things like that we want to provide for you guys because it's just... Um, you know, we, we just want to have fun on this podcast and, and be a place you could take your mind off things. And hopefully we've been able to provide that over the almost damn near two years we've been doing this, which is, that's was the craziest thing. We've only been, almost been doing this for two years come October. Um, sure. But, uh, but uh, hopefully you guys, you know, hopefully you guys uh, get your kicks out of this and uh, you, you enjoy the podcast and, uh, and yeah, hope you guys like listen to us. We will continue to provide uh, all the entertainment we possibly can. So, uh, it, it, so moving moving on, uh, something I want to say about you say not traveling. Guess who booked a trip last week to not last week, two weeks ago to Texas? You. Yep, sure did. I booked a nine day trip to Texas, and I'm going to be honest. Um, don't go. Don't know why I even did. I don't know. I don't know why. I think I got duped by like the whole everyone's like acting like everything's okay again. Yeah. And I, I, I was like, 
I, even though I don't act that way, I wear a mask in public. I, I plead with my people, my friends, my family to wear a mask in public. I plead with them not to be safe, not to go to large gatherings. Um, and fucking, I, uh, I don't know why. I guess I just ignored all that for some reason. I was trying to plan a vacation. Our original trip idea was Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which I think is probably relatively safe. There's such a small population out there, and you're mostly remote away from a lot of people. Um, but for some reason, we decided we're going to go to Texas. And literally two weeks later, I'm like, we need to go ahead and cancel this because Texas, their cases are skyrocketing, and they don't appear to be really uh, – today, today they decided to slow shit down. But uh, uh, we're going to a beach area in, in uh, South Padre Beach, and apparently that is extremely uh, – a very, very large hotspot. So um, luckily on our Airbnb and on our hotel, we have like literally till July 26th to cancel. Um, so we're going to play it a little bit by year. But yeah. if, uh, I, I highly doubt things are going to be so much better in a month. No. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but if there's what here's what I'll say. If there's one good thing from this extended outbreak is that the more we go through this now, the very late, the, the the smaller chance we have a like a a giant second wave come the fall, um, because so many people are gonna have already had it and it's it gone. If there's anything, but of course, uh, I you know, I'm gonna be honest with you, that's total bullshit too. I have absolutely zero idea if that's factual. I just, that's just, I'm kind of connecting the dots thinking like, Hey, if, yeah, if, if we are all going outside and pe- a lot more people are getting it, it means there's probably going to be less of a huge potential breakout in the fall, but uh, no idea if that's any truth. <laughs> there's any truth to that. That's why I do yeah. movies and sports. I don't talk health. I don't talk shit like that. Um, you know? Yeah. I don't, um, I have no clue. I, I also was just being kind of careless, I guess. I have not been practicing the PPE as well as I apparently should have been. And then uh, everything seemed to be going back to normal. So me and some folks took a trip to Manhattan a couple weekends ago because it's been a long time since I'd been back and just thought it'd be fun and but apparently COVID cases are spiking in Manhattan, Kansas, which is probably where I got infected. Well, if I have been, I'm assuming I am. I, I have no idea yet. To but. be, to be fair, Kansas, to be fair, Kansas is one of those places that is closer to returning to normal than others. It seems like we're kind of getting a little bit of a spike here and there, but we're still, we're still past any peak that we had. I mean, who knows if we're going to get another one. Um, but, you know, of course, if people are going to stop, you know, wearing PPE and, and playing it safe and stuff like that and, and, and mass going to various different places, not to say you were doing that, but in mass, lots of people doing that, we could maybe have a potential thing, but Kansas always had a relatively small case count and it, it seems like we're doing better on that end anyway. So I don't blame you for going to Manhattan. I think, Kansas seems to be relatively safe to travel around in, but, um, Hey, you know what? Fuck the coronavirus. Let's go ahead and move on to some damn movie news. Let's talk about this. Uh, let's talk about the, what we're going to talk about in this episode. Tanner, are you okay with me? Just go ahead and doing this. Yeah. All right. On today's episode of, as always, we're going to discuss what we watched this week. We're going to talk about Joel Schumacher, who've unfortunately passed away this past week. Rest in peace. We're going to talk about that huge, 
news about Michael Keaton reprising his role as Batman in The Flash. Elizabeth Banks as Miss Frizzle. Ryan Reynolds is the Green Lantern again. There is so much to talk about, as well as The King's Man has a brand new trailer for its September release date. All that is happening right here, right now. It is time to dive in. This is Cinemaxic. Welcome back, Cinemaxic listeners, to another episode of the Cinemaxic podcast. I am your host, Max Leadham at Max Fozzie. Joined once again for the first time in a while welcome back to the podcast tanner rush at danger rush how you doing my friend i'm alive you are alive and potentially have the coronavirus um but i tell you what i'm glad you still uh still laced up the old bootstraps and uh joined me for a, a podcast recording tonight my friend oh i wouldn't miss it <laughs> uh, clearly the last of us uh, <laughs> part two is calling my name but you liking that game? It seems like it's getting a lot of hate. Yeah, I haven't read up on it. I know there was a deal where a bunch of big spoilers came out like about a month before release, but I didn't look into it. Um, I don't know. It just seems like it's not maybe story-wise quite as, quite as strong as the first one so far, but it's I like it. Here's what sucks about it. And... I, I will write a strongly worded letter to IGN because they gave it a, a masterpiece rating. Mm-hmm. It does not deserve that. For one thing and one thing alone, it's the fucking dogs in the game. I don't know if you've heard anything about this. I don't know if people are talking about it. If they're not, they should be. I don't know how people can overlook this. But there are dog enemies now who will like track your scent as you're working your way through encounters. And they're just super bullshit and broken. And I guess I read that some people a while back were a little upset that like Naughty Dog was sort of advertising this is like you can fight dogs. Like that's some kind of feature. Nope. We don't like um, that. And uh, here's, here's the thing. Um, I have no qualms about killing virtual dogs <laughs> this game is turning me into an anti-dog person they are game breakingly awful i had to drop the difficulty just to get through one encounter that had three of these fuckers running around that's not um, good i hate the dogs i i hate the dogs says tanner well i've never even played i've never even played the first one um i probably one actually doesn't have dogs well, the first one I actually uh, probably intended to play, but I don't know, man. I just get overwhelmed by all the games I have to play. So what I do is I just collect them and just never play them. It's it sucks. So I need to I need to be better it's, about playing my damn games. It's the well Nvidia worth it. games. Well worth it. I um I actually bought a PS4 because I saw the E3 footage of The Last of Us Two. That was like what two or three years ago now. Yeah. When uh, and I was like, that looks so fucking good. Like, I need to get in on this and play the first one. And it completely blew my mind. Like, I mean, this is not no more video game talk, but um, it's just such. It's a very character and story driven experience. Uh huh. So, and and the writing is very very strong. 
So I think uh, if you are a gamer and you haven't played The Last of Us, you should give it a go. It's one of the best games of the past decade, no doubt. Yeah, everyone gives The Last of Us such great marks. Um, I, I, I think when I bought the PlayStation 4, I had... That was my original intention, and then I, like I said, I just got intimidated. I was like, I have so many Xbox games I haven't played yet, so ended up selling that PS4 to my brother uh, after I played Spider-Man. But I'm gonna have to get another play. I'm gonna have to get PlayStation Five to play Spider-Man Miles Morales because that was so much fun, and I'll probably yeah. just eventually play the. La- I'm assuming The Last of Us Part One and Two will be coming to PlayStation Five in some capacity. Yeah, of course, if, yeah. if not in backwards compatible, uh, yeah. definitely in like remastered editions or something like that. Immediately at launch, I'd have to imagine. So, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So let's let's talk movie news. Let's let's get into this. Um, well, first things first, uh, Tanner. What did we watch this week? Um, <laughs> for me, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really watch much i uh i i watched about an hour and 15 minutes of for the first time an hour and 15 minutes of dwayne the rock johnson as hercules Ooh, uh, that movie's awful that was not a good movie no I, that was I, yeah that was bad and the rocks the rock has become a better actor but his acting in that was horrific it was really really bad that movie pulled i'm gonna spoil it because i don't respect the movie don't care but if you remember the trailers right like this was back before the rock was like oversaturated like this was the this was the saturation of rock period not like post rock where we're all kind of tired of him a little bit maybe that's just me just you Um, i actually prefer i actually will watch any dwayne the rock johnson movie because i know i'm in for at least a little bit of a good time I'm not but, tired of him yet, and he's I, so, so likable. So, but go ahead. Yeah, and so I, you know, he's likable, right? But, and I was kind of excited just because I like The Rock. I like sort of mythological kind of stuff, monster movies, that sort of thing. In the trailer, you see snippets of you know Dwayne the Rock Johnson fighting all these mythological uh, Greek monsters. But no, it's a fucking lie. The movie is about how he's not actually magical Hercules. And the exact short montage you see in the trailer is how it's shown in the movie. It's just a short minute of him giving a bunch of bullshit stories about fighting monsters that weren't real and he never actually fought. And that turned me against the movie immediately. And it didn't really do anything to redeem itself afterwards. Yeah, and um, I don't know. There was like a lot of like Marvel humor in this. Um, like, and and again, I'm not don't mean to hate on Marvel, but like you know what their brand of their brand of humor is. Like Marvel's brand of humor is like a maybe a floor above fart jokes, and like they they go for like you know like the real like cheesy kind of humor, like I, you know that type of thing. There Uh was an odd amount of that in this, like in the hour and a half I saw, I was like, this seems like misplaced humor. Also, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is in a ridiculous wig, which I don't, I don't actually mind if like, you know, a bald dude wants to wear a wig for a role. That's, that's fine. And this one looked a little less obvious and obviously he's Hercules. So he has to have like a flowing mane of hair, but that was a little distracting for me. Um, uh, 
it's so it was, it was distracting to the point that I think Dwayne even realized it because Dwayne has never worn a wig since then. He hasn't worn a wig in any role since he's done this movie. And uh, I mean, if they wanted to slap one on him, I suppose they could, but I guess he's just going for a certain brand. Um, for instance, like in black Adam, I, I actually wouldn't, wouldn't mind if he had one of those, the wig where it has a extremely sharp widow's peak. So he looks exactly like black Adam for the comic books, but yeah. But, uh, but yeah, man, I watched like an hour and a half of that and that was about all I could do. I was like, this is really bad. And Ian McKellen is in this, right? Uh, uh, Ian McShane. Ian McShane. Yeah, not Gandalf. Ian McShane yeah. uh, is in this. And Ian McShane, he's a good actor. He can, he can really cheese it up, though. Oh, like, yeah. He, he could he's be. Ham. Yeah, there it is. That's, he is very hammy uh in in a lot of his roles and uh it's he plays i feel like he plays the exact same character in a lot of them too he he's, he like really you know what i'm talking about like how he, he delivers all of his lines and like yeah. like a weird like roller coaster like like you know he like it's like like it's always like really low octave and then it slowly rises he he and um that was weird I think he thinks every movie he's in, he's he's actually in like, like a fantasy movie. Yeah, like he's like an old drunk wizard in every, <laughs> yeah, every performance he gives. Yeah, and then uh, and then there's the girl in this. I can't, I don't know what the who act, what actress plays her, but she literally is an ancient, whatever. Where where is this ancient? Up. What is it? What is ancient Rome? Ancient Greece is Hercules, Greece or Rome? uh both 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 agree but the the girl the main character girl who's like who's like an archer she's wearing like a hot skirt and like a bra to battle (laughs) and she has like she has like her entire like stomach exposed and everything and all the guys are like just they're they're just like grid bolso birdall that's her household name and atlanta uh, yeah and like you know they're all the rock and all these guys are in these heavy like destroy these guys and then she's just like got this skirt at forever 21 it's eight inches long and i'm gonna wear this to battle and it's like you know it, it almost it it comes off a little bit a little bit sexist in the writing there i'm like come on man like yeah she's like Obviously, she's super attractive, but like no woman would wear that to bat. Why would you? It just seems like they're like trying to like, oh, look at this hot chick. Let's give her a super tiny outfit, and it just made no sense for that time period to me. Um, yeah, Rebecca Ferguson was in this. I don't remember that. Yeah, she had a very small role. She was like the Dwayne the Rock Johnson's love interest, I think. Mm. Or was she like Medusa? I don't know. She played no. Medusa in the uh, the kid who would be king. Oh yeah, didn't she? <laughs> I didn't she. I don't know what. I don't know Look that. It Look it up. Was she indicated would be king as Medusa? Tell me. Tell me. Why? Okay, you have her IMDb page up. Rebecca Ferguson. The kid who would be Morgana. Morgana. That's uh, bullshit. Basically the same thing. No. <laughs> no, not at all. I took. Dude, Tanner, I'll let you know. I took one one semester of Greek and Roman mythology, and uh, I'm an expert on this. Well, Morgana is an Arthurian character. 
Uh, what, what, it, remind me, <laughs> is King sure. Arthur a myth? Ye, yes, most yes. He was a real person who became a mythical mythical story. Though. Um, maybe. No one really knows. Anyways, well, I don't give it. I don't. I don't know. Moving on. Uh, watch that. And then uh, the la- what I watched last night uh, for granted it was only an hour and a half, but I actually really enjoyed the uh, hour and a half I watched. Uh, the box trolls. It actually, was an hour and a half. It was like forty five minutes. Oh, yeah. I actually was really digging that. Uh, I was getting too tired, so I wasn't able to finish it. But I actually might finish that soon. It was a fun little movie. I uh, wasn't sure how I was going to feel about that. Some of those, like claymation or or uh, what do they call it? Uh, the, the animation style. Stop motion. Stop motion animation can it sometimes can be a little off putting for me. Uh, put me in like that quote unquote uncanny valley, but. I actually really liked that voice acting and the story and the, and the characters in this. And it just, um, I was enjoying it. So I might have to finish that soon. So that's really all I've watched this week. I haven't watched anything else. Uh, there really hasn't been much to catch up on. I I'm, I'm sure there's other movies I could be watching, but yeah. Uh, planning on watching Corvettes, not Corvette summer. That's the Mark Hamill one. What's the one with Harrison Ford that came out before new hope. Uh, American, American graffiti. Yeah. Planning on watching that this Friday. Tanner, what'd you watch this week? Nothing good. That's not true. Um, you know, I was thinking like we haven't. Birds of Prey was the last new movie I saw. Um, and I don't think movies are happening anymore. Apparently. Um, but terrible movie to end your first movie watching on. First but um, sucks. that movie is such a fucking garbage pile. I hate that. Movie. I I thought it was fine. Um, I've been digging, so you know, digging back through stuff. Um, but this past week, I did finally see Britney runs a marathon. Uh, that was one. Uh, Hannah wanted to watch because she remembered you talking about it on an episode of this podcast. What movie? Sorry? Brittany Runs the Marathon. Oh, yeah. I thought it was, it was good. You know, not one of those I'd watch over and over again. Yeah. Um, but, uh, oh, the, it was worth a watch. They did one of those things where, uh, spoiler alert, for, I guess, for fucking Brittany Runs a Marathon. Um, if you want to, like, uh, any, anyway, spoiler alert, but, they kind of made Britney unlikable at the end. And then I don't think her, her redemption, like from the last, like it, the last like 25 minutes of the movie, she became very unlikable. And then I don't feel like she redeemed herself enough as a character within that time for me to not think you're kind of a mean person. And I don't really like you. <laughs> so I like that part, that, that part where she like basically just like shamed that fat chick at the table. And I was, Okay. All right, I, <laughs> that sounds like that was really harsh. Yeah, that, that's what she was calling her. Oh God, that's what yeah. she, that's what she was calling her. Yep, she was calling her a fat chick, and she shamed her. And I was like, "You don't seem like a nice person." And then they didn't, they didn't, they didn't they, like they really didn't make up for that for me. So, kind of oh. was a dampener on the movie a little bit. I mean, yeah, she's not the most likable, but that's, you know, her her lowest point. Um, 
Yeah. But, you know, it's definitely that that millennial vibe, you know, that that movie that really speaks to the um, meme-ridden heart of our generation. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was good. I mean, I identify with the movie. I'm a fat guy, and I'm uh, I'm learning to run. I'm I can I I am I'm one run away on my couch to 5K app from being able to run a full 5K without stopping. So I, that's nice. That's good. Um, I've never been a runner. I'm not a very athletic person, as you can tell. Um, but Hannah got me into running with her, and she would you know regularly do like four miles i always said she could do more but four was basically the point where if i did any more i would die um <laughs> but you know after the winter and i'm moving and everything haven't had a lot of time for it but trying to start doing some again because i have let me tell you max i've gained about 25 pounds within the past 10 months so uh, that's not a big that's not a bad thing though you know you um well, I mean, no but that, uh, you know you could frame that out and just get dis- ripped if it was distributed evenly but it's all going to one spot your ass my dick no oh, yeah my right. stomach <laughs> um <laughs> i went one place you went the other that's what this podcast is all about some some men go that one way or another. I, man, we're yes. fucking up the whole safe place thing. <laughs> um, no, no, people anyways, love this. Uh, where was I going? Oh, okay. And then last night, because I was drinking a bit, feeling squirrely, not, uh, my inhibitions were lowered. I got uh, tricked into watching White Chicks, which I had never seen before. Oh, my God. And that movie is... It's something else, man. Like, there's there's a lot to unpack. Have you seen it? No, but I have seen almost every episode of The Wayans Bros, and I feel like that's got to get me pretty close to what this movie would be. It, there's... So... They look like monsters, and no one. The, the, it's hard to tell if that's part of the joke, because they completely fool everybody. And there's a sequence where the two girls that they're posing as are actually on screen with them at the same time, and it like confuses people. And so you think, okay, that's part of the joke, but they don't lean into it. So it's just kind of this just these pale ogres walking around and you're supposed to just ignore it but it's so if it's they're so hideous looking like you have to get through that and then you obviously like it's a lot of uh um race based humor um but as done by the wayne brothers taking the piss out of white people which i'm all for but also, something's not aging quite as well. There's, you know, there a bit of a, a homophobic kind of edge 
to some parts of the movie. Right. Um, and that wasn't great. Um, Terry Crews is in it back before I think he was like a big thing. And oh, he, old Terry. Uh, yeah, he does like a shirtless like rave at one point. That was kind of entertaining. That sounds um, on brand. He looks exactly the same. Like the man has not aged at all in 16 years. Um, when you're as ripped as he is, uh, there's not much room for wrinkle or, or aging uh, also, because literally he has no fat on his body that will. And apparently his character is supposed to be a basketball player. But there is no basketball player on earth shaped like that. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if there was anyone who came close, it was uh, Carl Malone. You should look up Carl Malone. All-time great. He is the closest to looking like what uh, Terry Crews would look. Um, I'll say that. But, yeah. I'm just – I'm struggling to think of anything meaningful to say. This is like a kind of movie that exists beyond critique. Like, there's no point. And almost talking about it now is just this real dumb thing that <laughs> we dragged out from past and I was like hey that was it was kind of horrible yep certainly was i've still never seen that movie and i hope to keep it that way but you never know maybe one day i'll be like you i'll get drunk someone has it in their movie collection and i'm convinced to watch it but uh never um, say never also surprised to see uh, Jennifer Carpenter in that movie. If you watch Dexter, she plays um, Deb, his half or his sister, adopted sister. Um, I think she's a really underrated actress. I'm looking at her letterbox right now and uh, not a lot of good film credits do her name, but uh, I'd like to see her more stuff. It's well, interesting seeing her so early on in her career in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Um, yeah. Well, let's move on from White Chicks. We've been talking about that for, I think, 10 minutes. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's move on uh, to the sad news. Let's just get this out of the way. Uh, Joel Schumacher passed away this week at age 81. I had to do the math of my age 80. He died June 22nd, age 80. Uh, Joel Schumacher, of course, is the director of many films, uh, most notably St. Elmo's Fire, The Lost Boys, Flatliners, um, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, and various other things. I think uh, The Phantom of the Opera, 2004 is The Phantom of the Opera, was a big one for him as well. Yep. Uh, most notably, the original ones there that I that I mentioned were what he was most known for. Um, oh my God, Gerard Butler is the Phantom. That's got it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Do you what? um? Do you know who Lindsay Ellis is? I don't. She's a YouTuber, like video essayist, does a lot of kind of you know literary critique sort of takes on film, and she does a very long breakdown of Phantom of the Opera. But it's it's really funny. Huh. Check her out. Real good YouTube content. Well, I will. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, re- you know, rest in peace, Joel Schumacher. Uh, Joel was responsible for a lot of my childhood. Uh, I, to be honest with you, I haven't seen St. Elmo's Fire. I haven't seen Lost Boys. 
I haven't seen Lost Boys of, is good. Yeah, I've heard it's great. Um, I haven't seen uh, pretty much all of it. I haven't even seen Dallas Force Fan in the Opera. I just know it was a huge hit with some of my friends, and they always used to talk about it. But the things that maybe Joel Schumacher wishes he maybe would not have been known for are the things that I remember him for, and that is his Batman movies: Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. Um, you know, today do those movies hold up or those things I can watch? They really aren't. I, I really, I, I can't enjoy them, but for what they were as a kid, they were live action cartoons. It wasn't simply like the MCU where they make a live action comic book and something that they adapt it in certain ways for a certain audience. These movies were literally like, they should have just been cartoons and they acted well, in, in live action. It was like, it was like, if you, took an Adam West era Batman but made it in like the stupid 90s and like a, and, was, and with a, like was the result and with like a semi-serious tone rather than yeah, like, well, Batman, it was like a mix of Adam West and like and, and like Christopher Nolan's but a lot more Adam West and then a, and then a dash of cartoon and you mix yeah. those together and that's what you get um, I was surprised that Joel Schumacher directed both of these because I feel like Batman Forever is a little restrained. Yeah. Val Kilmer plays things very straight as his Batman. Um, obviously, Jim Carrey and um, his Joker and Tommy Lee Jones, Two Face, are over the top. But for the most part, like it just feels like kind of a product of the 90s. But then Batman and Robin is just this total shit show yeah like the bat the bat credit card the yeah the unbelievably convenient on the bat suit the unbelievably convenient ice skates hidden in their boots for some reason they have <laughs> all, all the puns the extremely bizarre suit up scene where they for some reason <laughs> zoom up on everyone's ass as they squeeze into their latex their their plastic suits and they they you know it's like the it's like the thing where they literally it's like they do the thump too it's like they it's literally them like just the end of hoisting up their pants and then their heels dropping down to the ground and their ass does a little shake they did it he was like he was like we can't just have this be for one character we need an ass shot of batwoman i mean we need an ass shot of batgirl robin and batman i need to yeah. see those asses um uh but again as a kid didn't even notice that as a kid i was like this is the coolest thing i've ever seen look how cool those bat suits are didn't even See? notice the nips i was like wow he's got this like this like gray steel looking like suit on with this ridiculous bat logo um i don't i don't remember liking it oh man dude as a kid i watched batman forever i got okay. I actually, so... I remember thinking Poison Ivy and Bane were really, really gross, and that right. put me off. And here's the thing, too. As a kid, I thought Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin were all in the same universe, and I don't know if that's been confirmed or not, but I believe they're actually not technically in the same universe. Batman and Batman Returns, completely separate from what Batman Forever and Batman... Uh, and Robin were, and and might as well it'll, be. it'll be funny though if those are actually all four of those are in the same universe. Michael Keaton's Batman, <laughs> who might be part of the Flash movie coming up, 
technically fought Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Mr. Freeze, but, but I, th- I think they're separate universes. Um, it's a very interesting story behind Batman Forever and Batman and Robin as well. Joel, Joel Schumacher gets a lot of flack for that. But did you know that like Joel Schumacher, this actually, none of this was really his decision ever. Oh, like he, he yeah. had no creative control over this. The, the studio just says, Joel, we want you to be director. Joel says, oh, sure, I'll direct this for you. And then they say, literally Joel Schumacher said this in an, in an interview. They say, we want this to just sell toys. That's all we want. We want to sell toys. That's what we want to do. This is going to be an extended commercial for toys. And we want this to be a cartoon. We want this to be this. Joel Schumacher, in that retrospect, did a phenomenal job. He did an incredible job. He made made it appeal to kids. Now, the adults who walked out of there were like, what the hell did we just watch? But the kids loved it. And for me, Batman Forever was something I grew up on. I watched it so many times. I never, I saw Batman once. I saw Batman once because I'll never forget this. I was like, dude, I was like six or seven years old. I had to stay with my neighbor two doors down who I like really had only talked with in passing when I was on walks with my mom. I had to stay with him for just like for four hours, five hours. Cause my parents couldn't find a sitter. And he, he let me watch Batman. Uh, the original, uh, 1989. And I remember being terrified of the Joker and that, and it was like really violent, too violent for me. And I, and I just, I hated it. It scared the shit out of me. I never saw Batman Returns as a kid. I saw Batman forever before I saw Batman. So I thought they were the same continuity. I thought it was the same canon. Uh, so I loved Batman forever. And I only saw Batman and Robin, um, because I believe that same neighbor let me borrow his Batman and Robin VHS that I had never seen. Uh, so I was able to watch that, but I only watched it like a couple times. Um, but still as a kid, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I loved, because I was, I was a child of the Batman, the animated series. First and foremost, that's how I've become such a huge DC fan. That's how I became such a huge Batman fan is Batman, the animated series and the justice league show, uh, super friends. Um, and, so the Batman Forever is great. Jim Carrey is the Riddler. Tommy Lee Jones is Two Face, both playing essentially the Joker, just in different costumes. Like yeah. they don't play any. They don't like Tommy Lee Jones. Like Two Face is supposed to be like this guy who battles with himself every day, and Tommy Lee Jones is like, nope, I'm gonna play this like the Joker. He's insane, and we're gonna just do that. And then Jim Carrey is like. I'm going to be this normal guy and then I'm going to, then I'm going to also just be insane. And I'm going to do all these Jim Curry, Jim, Jim Curry, Tim Curry, Jim Curry, Jim Carrey, you know, weird mannerisms and everything. I actually liked him enough as the Riddler. That was my Riddler growing up. I, I, other than the, the, uh, the costume is horrible. Yeah. Like the all over the body suits suits with the question marks and everything. And the, and that domino mask, which, Domino mask is traditional. That is something that that would wear. But weird, fucking pose that's on all the promotional material of Jim Carrey. Yeah, he's like he's crouched and his like elbows are together. Yeah, he's like like that. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I don't know, like why it's just the Jim Carrey was like you know Jim Carrey doing very strange things with his body. It's like I hear your Edward Nigma. How about Joker? And that's like what he did. Um, I'm actually curious if uh, who who is playing Joker? And, I mean, who's playing the Riddler and uh, the Batman for Matt Reeves? Uh, what, Paul Dano. 
I'm curious if Paul Dano yeah. reached out to Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey's a very respectful actor. <laughs> no. Jim Carrey, hold on. Jim Carrey is a very respectful actor. Uh, he is more than just a comedian. He's done drama. He's done dramatic work. I, I'm curious if Paul Dano reached out to him. And I wouldn't be surprised because I'm sure if he did reach out to him, he was probably hoping Jim Carrey would be like, hey, I went too far this way. Here's where you probably should look for. Don't like look at me for inspiration. Maybe take some of the zaniness, but you want to really dive into these comics because I went too far in this direction. I went Jim Carrey with it, which is Jim Carrey was the star of the show, by the way. I, I, Val Kilmer got the, the, the main list, but Jim Carrey at that time was basically like Will Smith of the 90s was basically like uh the rock is now jim carrey was the bankable movie star he was the star of that movie um so they of course weren't going to have him do anything other than just be jim carrey as a villain yeah um dude that that i don't know if you've watched that movie recently it is so bizarre like the riddler like it's weird the riddler like turns like a, a satellite thing on and turns everyone's like like everyone gets this weird Riddler TV antenna and yeah. the TV antenna like hypnotizes them. <laughs> it's the most bizarre shit. As a kid, I ate it up, but like now I'm like, what is going on? This I'm like, I'm in nineties hell right now. This is so strange. Uh, but yeah, it yeah but, right. It, it ain't right. But, but again, uh, to really go back to the main point of this, Joel Schumacher, rest in peace. You really, I mean, you provided me, so much of my childhood and so much of my love for DC came from your films uh, of those, even though like as intended, they didn't, hold, they don't hold up for me now as an adult, uh, but they certainly were something else and certainly something that I appreciated as a kid. And for that, I thank you, Mr. Schumacher. Here's, here's the thing about Joel Schumacher is that he was um, openly gay. Really? All- and for his entire career, which is, uh, you know, we might not think much about that today, but, you know, back in like, you know, even the 90s, even 10 years ago, like, that took a lot. I also read that he claims to have, within his lifetime, had sex with 20,000 men. Now, I did some math here. If you break that down, he would have had to at least had sex with one new partner every single day for 55 years in a row. I don't think that's possible. But something to think about. I'm Googling this right now. What the? You finding anything? Well, it says <laughs> the article's author, Andrew Goldman, remarked that figure, which Schumacher eventually put between 10,000 and 20,000. That, that's literally a t- <laughs> that's a lot of people to just like, yeah, it's somewhere between 10K and 20K. Well, you do the though, math. Even 10,000, that's still 27 straight years of fucking someone new every single day <laughs> i gotta read this i gotta read this i gotta read this quote i <laughs> that is formidable I, I gotta read this quote i use condoms said schumacher who turned 80 on thursday but condoms broke and there was a lot of drug taking 
a lot going on then. It was way, a way to deal with the loss, I think, of so many people I loved or liked or had affection for or admired. So Joel Schumacher responded uh, by just having buttloads of sex. Uh, <laughs> Max, Jesus Christ. Okay. Hold on. God Hold damn on. it. I, I just came back. I could have. I could have used a better phrase. Like, I could. Oh no! I didn't mean that. Uh-huh. I didn't mean okay. that. Well, moving oh, right no. on. <laughs> uh, good for him, I guess. Hey, you go, Joel. Way to go, man! Wow, that's a life right there, buddy. That is a life. No wonder you lived till eighty. Uh, it's just a damn. Uh, <laughs> oh man let me just get another sip of this streak all right moving on to our second topic god damn it Tanner. <laughs> we've been on this podcast for a fucking hour and we're only on our second topic yeah i don't know what happened uh it's all right we'll we'll go all night if we uh, deep. all right uh michael keaton Speaking of Batman canon, Michael Keaton. Can't go an episode without talking about <laughs> Batman. To be fair, I genuinely have tried to look for news outside of like comic book shit. That seems like the, because like the, the comic book machine is always churning. Too. Right. It's always yeah. churning. No, and, I get that. So, so like you're not going to hear much about indie fair going on. You know, apparently Amazon is doing Sundance online and they're going to, they're going to put every Sundance movie on Amazon prime or something like that, which That'd is going to be pretty cool. Yeah. So we'll be able to watch that early before it hits theaters. But that was like, that's old news, but we, we weren't really getting that stuff. We're not getting that type of news, but um, Michael Keaton is rumored to be in talks and it's it's more than actually in talks it's it's when you hear something like this where it's this solid it's basically it's just a a signature is needed they just need to figure out the details but michael keaton is going to reprise his role as the batman in the flash movie now for all of you who don't know for all of you who don't know (laughs) All you uses don't know. Use guys. Use guys who don't know. The Flash. The Flash is a really fast guy. Um, Continue. Honestly, I, I have no <laughs> idea what's happened. The Flash movie featuring Ezra Miller from the Justice League is kind of being a way to reset, re, reset the DCEU. The DCEU continuity. Uh, as it remains, it is it is Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad, Justice League, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, Shazam, and Aquaman. Um, however, uh, Ben Affleck has since dropped out of his role as Batman, infamously. Uh, uh, the role has been recast as. Um, Robert Pattinson in the Batman. So some are wondering, is Robert Pattinson's Batman going to be DCEU Batman now somehow, even though he's clearly younger than Ben Affleck's Batman? How are they going to make this work? Well, that's where the Flash movie comes into play. The Flash movie has been, for a long time, going, going to be the Flashpoint Paradox. 
again, for those of you who don't know the Flashpoint Paradox, Flash goes back in time to try and save his mother, who is killed by Reverse Flash. And in doing so, resets a lot of things in that universe that he comes back to eventually when he comes back to the future. The things he did in the past had effect on the future. Bada bing, bada boom. So a lot of people thought, okay, in Flashpoint, in The Flash, the movie coming up, He's going to go back and pa- go back into the past, do some things. When he comes back, it's going to be Robert Pattinson's Batman as Robert Pattinson's Batman as uh, the Batman now. And that's how they're going to work him in. However, Michael Keaton apparently is supposed to be that role. So when the Flash goes back in the past, he's going to come back. All the heroes are going to be the same. Gal Gadot is going to be Wonder Woman. Henry Cavill is going to be Superman. Jason Momoa is going to be Aquaman. All that stuff is going to remain the same. However, to explain Batman's disappearance uh, or Ben Affleck's disappearance from the role, they're going to bring, they're going to have Batman change to be an older Batman. And they're going to have Michael Keaton be the DCEU's Batman. Now, we don't know exactly how this is all going to play out. Is, is that going to be the way it's going to be? Simply the Flash is going to go back in the past. Uh, he's, the Flash is going to leave the present. Ben Affleck Batman is the present Batman. And when he comes back from the past to the future, Michael Keaton is going to be the Batman. He's going to be an older Batman. And it's, that's just the way it's always going to have been because of the things he did in the past. And reset. Or is the Flash going to open up the multiverse in a way and, for some, and somehow have Michael Keaton join him in his world as a mentor type figure, as they're saying, a quote unquote Nick Cage figure. Um, I'm not Nick Cage. <laughs> what? Nick Fury? Nick Fury. Nick Fury, not Nick Cage. <laughs> the DCU, National Treasure 3 is canon in the DCU. Um, it would be a, a uh, Nick Fury character, and Robert Pattinson is going to be the new Batman. And, he, and the Flash is going to bring like older Batman back with him. And Robert Pattinson, I, I, you, this is all getting really confusing, even for me as a DC fan. But that's the, the rumor is, is that Michael Keaton's going to reprise his roles of Batman in The Flash. Tanner, one, I'm, I'm all for this. I think this is just bonkers, and it's different, and it's bizarre, and it's, it opens up so many doors. Uh, and we'll talk, the, the main topic of today is the multiverse and how that could work. So let's not go too deep into that. But what do you think in general of Michael Keaton reprising his role as the Batman? And how do you think he's going to, how do you think it's going to work? Is he going to be simply a, the timeline's going to be so altered when the flash comes back from the past, Michael Keaton has always been that Batman or is Michael Keaton going to be coming from a different world to be in this new one and help form a justice league kind of be like a mentor figure, maybe do something like Batman beyond. What do you think? Um, I think he is probably just going to be like the Michael Keaton Batman universe somehow crossing over. It's like a multi-dimension kind of thing, probably. Uh, I don't know. I Multi-dimensions and uh, alternate dimensions, I mean, and like time travel, not my favorite uh thing in comic books um i'm kind of if about it honestly i wish they would have kept him for like a, a batman beyonds like if he was just 
you know the old batman yeah you know character and, and, in and that, that. And not to dive because too deep into that multiverse thing, because I have a lot of things I would like to talk about that. So we're going to save that for that main topic. But it is interesting how they're going to incorporate him. I just think the idea in general is so different and crazy that it gets me excited. Um, and, and the possibilities are endless if they're going to bring someone like Michael Keaton back uh, as Batman from his universe, from Batman 89's universe. Um um someone said someone said like bring jack nicholas back as a joker and i'm like i don't think i don't don't think you can get jack nicholson to do anything these days he is so he was recently seen in 2019 or 2020 can't remember at a lakers game yeah coronavirus hit i think and uh, i think he's still there i think he's just stuck in that chair on the sidelines for all time (laughs) just watching lakers games that's all he does now Jack is looking rough, but I'll just say this. He's getting old. I'll just say this. If I was as old as Jack and as rich as Jack, if I don't look like Job of the Hut at some point in my life, I feel like I'm not doing something. I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Uh, not to say Jack yeah. looks like that now, but the last time I got curious and looked up Jack Nicholson in 2020. And the last pictures I saw him was at a Lakers game. And... <laughs> He is, he is eating a large plate or tray of food, and his button-up shirt comes untucked from his pants, and somehow two buttons either gave way or never were buttoned to begin with, and Jack Nichols is sitting on the sideline with his gut just hanging out the bottom of his shirt for literally everyone to see and no one is telling yep, yep, I found it. No one is saying, Jack, put it away, boy. Put it away, son. And uh Jack's just hanging loose. He's living. He is living. I'll say that. And uh I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> so okay. So I did a Google image search. You see the onion? You see I the found onion? the picture, but this website is I, is actually on a National Enquirer page. Um, and then the picture is captioned, Jack Nicholson, vein stars, secret stomach surgery. Because I guess he's got a little bit of blemish on his tummy. Um, so National Enquirer is running with that as being evidence of surgery or whatever. Uh, I like the idea that they're calling Jack Nicholson vain because again... If you've seen pictures of him within the past five years, I don't think he's a man who gives too much of a shit about his appearance. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But he, he again, at all. good for him. Yeah. I wouldn't if I was him. I would probably be doing exactly what he's doing. Just some <laughs> toad sitting out somewhere, not doing anything. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I totally agree. Um, I'll say this too. It's Michael Keaton is still the the vulture in oh, yeah. the MCU slash Sony Marvel Universe or whatever they're calling it. And he was obviously in Spider Man One and he was in the trailer for Morbius with Jared Leto. Yeah. So is he going to be doing like double duty now? He's like, I'm going to be playing the villain over here. And, and now I'm going to play Batman over here and play the Nick Fury role by going around no. all these different movies. 
not the first time we've had actors on both sides. Right, but it's the first time I think we've had actors in these this prominent roles. Obviously, I think if they included him in the trailer for Morbius, that they have big plans for Michael Keaton in that role as Vulture still. Um, so I think it's cool that DC is kind of like, hey, let's go get him for Batman. Um, all right, moving on. Um, Let's let's talk about let's talk about this movie news I just sent you earlier today. Elizabeth Banks has been cast as Miss Frizzle in the live action Magic School Bus movie. Here's what I'll say, Tanner. I there's a lot of times where like things get made into movies or get made into like live action properties that I just don't understand. I'm like I just don't get why that had to be done. I think Magic School Bus is long overdue for a moment like this. Whether it needs to be made or not is yet to be seen. I will say. I think Magic School Bus could translate well to the live action screen. I think there could be some fun adventure there. And I, and I will say this, like I said in the, the message I sent you earlier, there's not many absolute spot-on perfect castings out there. I think Elizabeth Banks as Miss Frizzle is as close to as spot-on perfect as you can get. Uh, she would, she's going to be perfect as her, absolutely perfect. Um, but what do you think? Man, all the Reddit comments were saying like the same thing, but I'm like, I, I guess like I feel like any charismatic white woman could play Miss Frizzle. Like, yeah, but but there's something in particular about uh, Elizabeth Banks. I can't think of like anyone else who would like really bring that zaniness. That's like a, a reined-in zaniness, like not something that's like over the top, but something that she can only her she can provide. I guess like, I, I obviously can't think of any other actress who would who would be this perfect of a fit for her. Just maybe I don't remember the Magic School Bus. You know, I don't have a clear enough image of everything in my head to. I... It would be funny. Uh... <laughs> It would be funny if they went for like uh what they do some like with what they do horribly sometimes with like these live action adaptations, like they go for like a really dramatic like intense. <laughs> yeah, like it'll be to it. stripped down piano version of the theme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of it, course. It, 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 we already it, it, know what the trailer's gonna look like. And Miss like, Frizzle's gonna be like some sort of ass kicking teacher. She's not just like a teacher. She's like, let's absolutely. go see what's going on in our blood cells. This is a blue blood cell. No, she's gonna be like cure the coronavirus. Yeah, there's gonna be like some sort of like Lord or Billie Eilish slowed down like theme yeah. song, and 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 Miss Frizzle's gonna be like just getting like you could just see it right now. It's like. It's it's some slow down theme music, and then you just yeah. see Miss Frizzle putting the the bus into gear, and then and then the camera is gonna slowly pan up, and it's gonna be our first shot of Elizabeth Banks and Miss Frizzle at the steering wheel of the Magic School Bus, and she's gonna be like, "Buckle up, kids!" Boom, and then the Magic School Bus theme is gonna play. Was there an animal sidekick? I. Th- what is oh, there's an iguana. There's a, yeah, an iguana. Okay. Yeah. What Probably was the iguana's name? By Bill Hader. <laughs> it's gonna be voiced by Bill Hader. Is that what you said? Oh yeah. Let's okay. Hold on. Let's take. I, I honestly cannot remember what this theme song was. Hold on. You know. Seatbelts, everyone. Please let this be a normal field trip with a friend. No. Down Main 
Yeah. Surfing through the sideway. And Miss Frizzle's like, putting it into the gear. Beep, beep on the bus. So, uh, two things here. Go ahead. Um, oh, sorry. It looks like they. Go ahead. They did a revival? They did on Netflix. Apparently, it's really good. But okay, so this is not. Hold on, let's listen to let's listen to the chorus here. Billy okay, Eilish no. just be like on the magic school by yes <laughs> yeah we could get something like that or we could get um just sort of a different take same kind of tempo tone and everything but it's Lizzo uh, or yeah or we that. get a hip hop version and it's Tyler the Creator. Oh God! That's what they do with the Grinch. Those are yeah. Those are the three possibilities. At first, I actually kind of liked his theme song for the Grinch. Then I was like, "Mm, "This is actually the worst. I don't like this at all." But I'm Uh, gonna my Hail Mary deep throw uh, guess is that it's a Lizzo. (laughs) It's a Lizzo take on the theme. And you heard it here first, folks. You're. Hail Mary. Okay. Usually everyone knows what a Hail Mary is. It's a deep throw. But so when you said Hail Mary deep throw, I thought you were about to say, this is my, this is my Hail Mary deep throat. This is my prediction. (laughs) This is my deep throat prediction. From, yes. I am going to just, I'm going to blow the pants off of this prediction right here. Also, I don't think I appreciate it at the time. That Miss Frizzle is kind of hot. Oh boy. I don't like the dresses though. It's a bit too conservative for my taste. <laughs> I'm not a dress guy. I'm not. No, you know... let, let's get some Lola Bunny energy on Miss Frizzle and then we can. Yes. That's <laughs> the, the character that ruined a generation. <laughs> and we could dock, all right? Uh, but uh, uh, that's that's great. Oh, you know what? Oh wow! This actually, uh, so the 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 cartoon Miss Frizzle, the reboot, is uh, voiced by Kate McKinnon. I think she actually is a really good Miss Frizzle. I'm surprised yeah, they didn't want to cast that's her. That's another thing. Yeah, like she could have also done it. Kate McKinnon and uh, Elizabeth Banks look shockingly alike. Um, do they? They could be sisters. I think they do. Yeah, they do. They're both blonde, short. The women. new animation looks cheap as hell. It does. It Why? Kinda looks, it kind of looks like uh, Flash, uh, Flash player animation. Yes, it does. It's a, that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. Man, kids are so. Uh, they don't get the same shit, man. They don't get also, the same shit, man. Why All... is Why is Miss Frizzle dressing like this? And she does. She she doesn't have planets on her dress or anything. She's just wearing a purple long sleeve shirt. 
I don't know if that's Miss Frizzle because I just saw a picture of her and then it looked like the classic Miss Frizzle standing next to each other. I think. Okay. I don't know. Huh. Well, I, you're talking about the reboot I don't know. cartoon. Actually, I just saw there's a Halloween costume. The Magic School Bus rides again, Miss Frizzle, and she is wearing just the, the Halloween costume. It's just a purple long sleeve shirt I've with seen, like a funky okay, dress. A few pictures now of the two of them together. I, maybe this Miss Frizzle is like her daughter or a niece. Yeah, what's going on with this Miss Frizzle, man? She looks like she's like an Instagram model. Who this like, Miss Frizzle? I, this is not Miss Frizzle energy right here. Uh, this is not what we're about. I don't like this one bit. Can I get some kind of Wikipedia explanation what they're doing here with miss frizzle is like putting the joker in like an alleg purple alligator top coat with like gangster sweatpants which is good good thing we've never had that because man that would be the worst right oh wait we did have that never mind i'm not i don't this is way too conservative a look for miss frizz if you ask me she's got to have planets on the dresses She's got to have, you know, all sorts of shit. She's, but at least she got her iguana. Oh, okay. So the new Frizzle is the younger sister of the OG Frizzle. Oh, well, I'll tell you this much. The younger sister is way more boring. Yeah. She doesn't have that latent, like, you know. Yeah sexiness yeah there's no tension <laughs> it's just like i'm you know this is what i'm about i'm up front but you know og miss frizzle it's like there's uh oh i bet you could show me a thing or two um <laughs> i just googled and there's some article from a website called mel magazine which i don't know what that is but the headline is because not enough childhood icons have been sexualized it's talking about Miss Frizzle. So I don't know. Mm. I think they missed, you know, they didn't ride the wave with the OG Miss Frizzle. Yeah, I guess not. They think that's just now getting sexy. And again, you know, sex sells, Tanner. Sex sells. We were just talking about this the other day. We need to start showing more ass here on the podcast. We do. To to really bring in the followers. Like we we're do. not gonna we're not gonna get anywhere until some of us start showing ass. And if it has to be me by golly it'll be me uh, hopefully that'll break the dam and we'll all just start showing more ass uh, i agree um here's another thing i no longer relevant to what we're talking about please but, continue uh when we were talking about batman um batman and sure batman. let's go back to batman well here's the thing because we we're talking about <laughs> kids missing out on like um <laughs> Yeah. quality animation these days which yeah. might not actually be true but i was thinking when you're talking about the one thing i strongly remember about that movie was all the promotional material and tie-ins and how that mr freeze shade of blue was everywhere yeah like blue pop tarts blue uh you know you get his face on like the quick trip you know yep. super cup or whatever I believe I had his action figure too. Yeah. And you, and you they get, made for cool action figures. I'll say that. You get tie-ins like that still these days on like, you know, food packaging. But I feel like we don't go to the level that we 
used to when we were kids where like when some movie was being pushed it was inescapable like it was on everything you knew and loved that's not really a thing anymore yeah. which is maybe good anyways yeah no i i yeah i agree it's, it's, it's a good point um okay moving on from miss frizzle the king's man trailer tanner did you watch it you watched the new yeah. one yeah I'll tell you this much. I watched the trailer for the first time two minutes before we started recording. And, uh, hey, man, this looks good. This looks like people, a... Re- people are saying that the second trailer's doing more for them, but I think it's a worse trailer. See, it makes me not want to watch the movie because the first one, I know it's connected to the Kingsmen, but, like, it seemed like a little more restrained like right. a little classier maybe maybe that's just because it's a period film but th- this new trailer just looks like total schlock well bullshit like so the here's second the, kingsman here's it well here's the thing i think you need to go back and watch the first kingsman again i don't want to I, I i don't think this is the franchise for me it may not be but i'll say this much because you need to go if you want to like give this franchise another shot you need to go watch the first kingsman again because the thing, I think I've said this before in the podcast, the thing about it's great about Kingsman is it's, kind, it's very James Bond-esque, but it's got some of those weird, like, kind of over-the-top fantasy it's elements like that, that tie into James Bond it. for, like, 13-year-olds, maybe. Well, well, uh, well, well, no, you need to give Kingsman another watch, because Kingsman, Kingsman, uh, uh, I can't remember what the subtitle was for it, but Kingsman, and the first one... The Secret Service. The Secret Service is seriously so freaking good so good um it's got spy espionage it's got incredible action sequences it's got high stakes drama it is it's it's really really good kingsman 2 goes takes that formula and goes way too far with it way 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 too far with it and i think matthew vaughn the director realize that because in these trailers i've seen so far he's definitely reining it back in it feels way more in line with the first movie we saw where you're going to get the you're going to get the spy espionage with some zaniness but you're not going to go over the top to the point where you're like there's this secret island where this lady is like having all these robots and shit do all these things like that went way too far and i still enjoyed kingsman 2 for what it was just because i i enjoy the kingsman franchise but it, it's still it, even for me i was like this is going a little too far into the unbelievable into the the zany territory that i don't want to go to like for god's sakes there was like a, a vagina cam where like the camera went like into this girl's vagina and you literally like see the it's just the word it actually it's really uncomfortable to watch it's not it's like i i'm like this is very strange um uh but I still enjoy Kingsman 2 for what it was, but this movie seems to be going back in the direction I appreciate more about this franchise. It's, it's raining it in, but it's keeping the, the, the zaniness, the strangeness there. Um, for one, I love Ray Fiennes in this. I, I love that he has been cast in this. I think Ray Fiennes is a tremendous actor. I think he doesn't get cast enough as the good guy uh, in, in modern film, and I'm excited to see him in this. Um, uh Damon uh, Hanzu uh, looks fantastic in this as well. Um, but I don't know this new actor's name, but that's probably a good thing. Because uh, yeah. one of the things I like about this, they're casting an unknown actor in the lead role like they did with um, like they did with uh, 
Eggsy's character, and now his name is slipping my mind. Uh, who plays? Who's Eggsy? Who's Eggsy? Who is uh, Rocket Man? Right. Taron Egerton. There you go. Uh, uh, Taron Egerton was an unknown actor at the time and got cast in this lead role in this big movie. I'm excited to see what this this guy could bring. Because for me personally, I think it would be cool if they do like the Kingsman franchise with the Kingsman. So so they have like a past franchise going with like sequels and everything. And then they have the present day with Eggsy and, and uh, Taron Egerton playing uh, Eggsy. Um, I think Matthew Vaughn clearly cares so much about this. He's, he's directed all three movies so far and he has way more movies in the pipeline. Um, he, that's like his sole focus. He loves this franchise and mm-hmm. I, I think he can do great things with it. And like I said, in this trailer, you get what you love about the first one. You get uh, the groundedness of it with the over the top action. And that's something that you can't deny. The Kingsman series in general has tremendous action sequences tremendous choreography that just especially when paired with music are just so much fun to watch uh and that's what excited me about this trailer it just it looks like a return to form of sorts but also laying the groundwork for how the kingsman came about and that's what's really fun for me nice um but yeah obviously you don't care too much about that so we don't need to hang around too much on the kingsman um, but I'm excited for this. I thought this trailer too was great. Looks like a lot of fun, and hopefully in September things are safe enough to go check that out in theaters. Um, moving right along, something I don't even know if either of us really care too much about, but uh, the the uh, the um, shit Hamilton trailer. Disney Plus is making a Hamilton movie, quote-unquote movie. It's actually just a stage play recorded with high-definition cameras um, from all sorts of different angles to be enjoyed at home. Um, here, here, The thing is with me and musicals, I don't seek them out, but if someone says they're very good, I will watch them. That's how I am. Yeah, um, I kind of have to be roped into it. Yeah. Hamilton seems like it's one of those. I think Lin-Manuel Miranda is a fantastic writer, a fantastic musician in general, and a great actor. Um, And he has thrown his whole weight behind this project. This is something he's, uh, I understand to be a passion project of his. Uh, And of course, you know, in the days of coronavirus, even though like a lot of us are kind of getting back to normal with hanging out with people, hopefully that stays that way. We don't have to revert back to it, but still uh, some of the things that we used to have like movie theaters and just being able to go do things mindlessly are gone from us. It's nice to have something um, still to watch at home that we can enjoy this brand new. And I will certainly be watching this July 3rd. I can tell you that much next week. I will certainly be watching this, this uh, musical. Um, it's gotten rave reviews. It's caused a lot of controversy, apparently, uh, for the, you know, the douchebag Americans who just want to try and get controversy out of everything. I can't remember why they were in the news recently. I don't know if it's because they like they did a thing like, at the beginning of the play against like Donald Trump or something. Um, they were in the news like two years ago for this, and and everyone's oh, like boycotting them or something. I don't know. I the, what I just heard most recently was that they they're censoring out some of the f words for it to reach because kids apparently you know die when they hear an f word if they're too young it kills them well there's only three f words in this apparently and they and they they uh, just muted those out i have actually um well bravo disney yeah way to keeping uh, keeping our children safe yeah i actually uh i mean i i don't think the first f word i ever heard i think was in uh christmas vacation 
think I was in sixth, fifth or sixth grade. Or no, no. I think I was in like, no, yeah, I definitely was in fifth or sixth grade. I remember watching this first time as a kid. I think I was in fourth grade. And uh, it, it, my dad let me watch it with him for the first time in years. And uh, needless to say, it was probably very awkward for him because there was that like half booby scene. And then there was oh. that. What? Oh. Is that a. You, you saw half a booby? Oh, I thought you were like saying, I thought you were doing that because it was like a spoiler. I was like, Tanner, this movie came out in like 1986. No, I don't even remember what movie you said you were yeah. watching. Uh, uh, Christmas Vacation. I was oh, in like, okay. I was a, I was in like third or fourth grade and I, I saw the half booby. There's a booby uh, in that? Yeah. She, it's the stork. It's the, remember? Remember no. when? <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> There's a scene where Clark and the family go Christmas shopping and he goes to a outlet store or not even outlet store. He goes like Macy's or whatever. JC Penney. Is that an outlet store? And uh, uh, the, he goes there and there's a very attractive woman working the lingerie counter. And uh, there's a funny scene there. But later on in the movie, he's looking out his window at his backyard where he's going to put a pool in uh, that he hasn't told his family about. He's going to put a pool in there and he's daydreaming in the pool in the backyard. And the lingerie clerk uh, is all of a sudden appears on the diving board and everyone else who's daydreaming is there vanishes. And I know the scene in detail way too much. <laughs> and, she, and she like takes her top off, but she only, you only see half a boob. You only see half a titty, half titty. And uh, uh, that was awkward for me as a kid to watch my dad. And then there's the one F-bomb where he goes, something tap dance with Danny fucking K. And uh, and uh, that was the first F-bomb I ever heard. How did we get to this point? Uh, anyways, I don't know. They, they, they took out the three F-bombs that were in the, that film. Everything else stays the same. Uh, so, yeah, Hamilton coming to Disney Plus July 3rd. Check that out, guys. We'll be talking about it next week or maybe two weeks from now because next by the time it, we – record this podcast next week it still won't be out so two weeks from now uh finally 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 uh going back to the michael keaton topic i wanted to talk about the potential of the dc multiverse the potential of Didn't this we already talk about this no i i kind of ran this back because i didn't want to go all the way in oh. because this is something i wanted to bring up because i thought this was interesting so marvel pretty much has a a stronghold uh on how a cinematic universe in terms of superheroes actually just in general needs to be run it's a continuous overarching story with individual stories along the way that really just contribute to the overarching story dc i think is wanting to do something different than that dc is wanting to do one-off movies that their heroes are that's just a contained arc in each movie it doesn't go to this overall story just contained arc one by one by one and then when the world needs them in a justice league movie uh to come against some threat they all can be pulled out from their own little individual universes and fight this threat it's not necessarily something where like there's an end credit scene that links them all together mm -hmm. um but with the multiverse that that DC, so with michael keaton potentially returning to his role as the batman as his batman from the 1989 batman not a different batman the same one this opens the doors to what comic dc comics calls the quote-unquote multiverse and for what those of you who don't know which i'm assuming is a lot of people i i mean honestly i i've had to get an education on this relatively recently as well the multiverse is very much, is literally like the same universe 
multiplied. Like, so the same planets, all that shit, but each planet, each universe is different. So for instance, like I'm on planet earth now as max. If we went to earth two, maybe the max over there is a successful podcaster rather than me who <laughs> so 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 uh that that's kind of how it is right so there's the same people in each there's the same person in each world uh but each person is doing something different than the other so what the multiverse opens up is that ben affleck's batman can exist in the same canon as michael keaton's batman because michael keaton's batman could be the earth five batman and ben affleck's batman could be the earth one batman and because of different circumstances michael keaton's earth five batman comes into the earth one and this goes on infinitely there could be an earth 1021 an earth 1 million there could be a batman on earth 10 billion and that Batman on Earth, 10 billion, could technically exist in the same universe as the DCEU as we know it. This is something different that we haven't seen in any comic book movie before or any comic book universe. We could be seeing something like this with the MCU potentially trying to introduce the X-Men by having a different universe that exists. That's why the X-Men never showed up during any of the the Avengers movies or any of the Earth Earth you know, faltering events. Um, and we're also potentially seeing this with the Spider-Verse, the animated universe. There's all, I think that's exactly what you should think of. All those Spider-Men that are in uh, uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, those are Spider-Men from different Earths, from different galaxies, from different universes that come into one to help each other, but they're all the same thing. Um, so that's kind of the idea you want to take when you get this. So Tanner, like, what does this open the doors for? Like, how could this be the, this could be something totally unique in the live action universe. I'm saying, I'm talking like the flash, the TV show, the Grant Gustin who plays the flash in the TV show could be come into the DCU at some point in like a huge movie that they, they incorporate all these different characters from all these different universes. They can make that work. Ezra Miller, the flash in the DCEU already has shown up on on the flash show the tv show ezra miller showed up in crisis on infinite earths the the cw's dc universe he showed up on the tv show as the flash so we're already kind of tying those threads together what do you think this could mean and overall for the superhero genre and for the the how that's going to play out in general um like what what excites you about this you know, uh, I like, in theory, that DC needs to not try, and I don't think they are anymore, they need to not try to emulate the MCU in terms right. of having this, you know, everything's connected, there is all one larger story, and every movie is just a part of it. DC needs to just be able to do whatever the hell they want, movie to movie. Um, and if this multiverse thing somehow facilitates that, then that's cool. Um, but do I want multiple film versions of Batman interacting with each other? I don't know. That's kind of cheese ball to me. That's not my thing. I, 
that's just a personal taste, I guess. But um, yeah. See, for me, I, I I get excited about this. Like I it's like the potential of like a giant crossover movie where like Stephen Amell is the Green Arrow and Grant Gustin is the Flash and stuff like that come into an actual like movie universe. And and I I, I don't. I'm excited about this because like a lot of people think that they're TV actors. They can't act at the big screen or something like that. That's not the case. Stephen Amell played Casey Jones in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 movie, which isn't saying much theatrically, but he was in there. And I think there's a difference between TV directors and movie directors and movie writers and TV writers. If you have the right people in the right room, you can make any actor be good. So that excites me that there is potential crossover between those universes. Um, I, I think it, it opens the door for things. And and at DC, Jim Lee, who's the head comic like creator there, he's like the creative director at DC, uh, who's been who's been at DC for years and years and years and years, writing comics and drawing comics. Um, he's there now, uh, kind of like helping guide uh, the, the new blood at WB, who's in control of the DCEU. And the DCU has pretty much had nothing but wins recently. The last kind of dud, the last dud movie they had was justice league uh everything between the wonder woman and uh joker have been hits uh maybe not box office every time but critically they've all been done they've all done really really well um so they're kind of finding their stride and now they have a creative team behind this that is going to push this to the next level and i think when they think okay how can we be different than marvel and excite our fans at the same time they think okay let's keep the, let's keep us working Let's keep Henry Cavill as Superman. Um, let's try and excite our fans with Batman. Ben Affleck's gone as Batman. Okay, let's bring in Michael Keaton. Everyone loves Michael Keaton as Batman. Let's bring him in. Okay. Um, uh, let's do the multiverse. That's something totally different than what Marvel's ever done. The multiverse is going to be great. So all sorts of things like that are, are super exciting for me as a DC fan and, and definitely get my blood pumping. Um, and something that I think, it just reinvigorates you. Cause like, to be honest with you, man, I've been kind of beaten down by DC. Like, it's just like, they, they aren't doing things I'm necessarily super interested in. It's felt like they were listening to the fans, but now like, it seems like they're backtracking on all of that. They're giving us what we've wanted. And I think DC is going to benefit from the long run and, and give us something really unique. Um, and, and, and most importantly, something that's really different than what Marvel has ever done. So we can have, we can enjoy both movies without both, franchises without an oversaturate without an oversaturation because both are so different both have such unique ideas um so yeah that uh, that's basically what i wanted to say i think uh it's it's exciting and there's a lot of potential with this and a lot of different things you could do with this and uh we'll just see what they do if they can execute it i think it'd be a lot of good good fun um yeah okay uh damn that is it for today's episode guys that's that's the last news topic i had that was our main our main thing there is just the potential of the dc universe uh dc multiverse rather um uh, but it's been a nice long podcast uh, i'll tell you that much tanner and i got off the tracks here uh, but that's what we're all about that's what <laughs> we want to do uh, who gives a shit we were you listen to us it, it, I, if you this is to, what you signed up for, you ungrateful it, pieces of shit. Yeah, and I tell you what, if you listen to us on a daily, if you listen to us every time we put out a new podcast, you're probably ecstatic that our episodes are longer. So you be thankful for what we give you. My oh smooth my nasally tones are once yeah. again 
getting in those ear holes. Absolutely. Back, back and better than ever. Um, but yeah, that's going to be it. my next month hiatus, but <laughs> exactly. We'll see you in a month. Uh, you never know. But, uh, all right, well, let's wrap it up with some housekeeping, guys. You can follow us on Max, uh, not Max, well, you can follow us at Max Fozzie on Instagram and Twitter, uh, at Danger Rush on Instagram and Twitter, maybe Tanner, I don't know. Um, not on Twitter. Uh, anyways, on Instagram, Danger Rush. You can follow us at Cinemaxic Pod on Instagram, Cinemaxic on Twitter, cinemaxicpod at gmail.com. You can go download the Anchor app where we host our podcast and leave us a voice message, questions, topics, discussions. You post there, we will incorporate you into this podcast it's a lot of fun we always love when you guys do that and when i say you guys i mean only one person for fuck's sake please someone leave us a goddamn voice message um two uh we are just launching some new logos you're going to see those starting to appear on your podcast feeds you should see that already for cinemax like and force vision super 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 proud of these new logos absolutely love them uh they were done by alex falterstack uh at upwork so if you love our logos and you want to get something done yourself reach out to alex falterstack uh on upwork he is great he did a phenomenal job and we still have some fun things that we want to reveal yet with those logos they do more than just sit there so that's what i'll that's what i'll say there uh just be looking out for us on youtube because coming soon there's gonna be some fun things there um which reminds me, be sure to go to YouTube, Cinemaxtic. Follow us, subscribe to us. We'd love it. A nice early following there as we build. It'd be a good time. Um, guys, share this with all your friends, family, if you can. People who love movies, we'd love it. It absolutely makes our day when we get new listeners. Uh, and we're going to really go all in. I'm going, I mean, I'm going all in on this thing. I got a lot of, a lot of money invested in this now and, uh, we're going to have fun with it and and we're going to make this happen. It's going to be, it's going to be a good time. So, uh, thank you guys so much again for listening next week. I'm sure we'll have Tim back, uh, and hopefully Tanner and, uh, we'll just go from there guys. So, uh, thank you for listening so much. Be sure to share, be sure to subscribe, and we will see you next week on the Cinemaxic podcast. Tanner, take it away. Bye.